0: I'm glad to be here. How about you? What a good uh, song service that we had. What about your time that you uh, thought about the Lord's Supper? What about that time that you spent thinking about how much better you can do this week than you did last week because of that sacrifice that Jesus made for us? Isn't it awesome to know that we serve a God who loves us and cares for us? that we serve a God who made a way for us to be found right. Man, I'm so appreciative of that. How about you? Uh, I'm so appreciative that I belong to a family where the father cares for me and he wants to take care of me. That is something that keeps me going. How about you? It's something that gives me encouragement to know that I can make it through the day, that I can make it through the tough times. I want to talk and continue our uh, series in First Thessalonians chapter 2. Last week we talked about this concept of community. You know, recognizing that, that we do need each other. Recognizing the fact that we need to uh, not only be around each other, but we need to be working to cultivate these deep relationships with each other. And we talked about the last point last week was this concept of saying, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm not just going to understand it. I'm really going to apply this and really try to do better to have this concept of community. How have you done this week? Uh, How did you do last week? I mean, in, in that area, how did it go for you? Did you do better than you did the week before? Are you excited about the new relationships that you're working to build in this congregation here? I want us to continue this thought and I want to start in verse nine of 1 Thessalonians chapter two. Paul says, for you remember brethren our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you We preach to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you, as a faithful father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you, Who believe? Paul says, We also thank God without ceasing. If you remember, when we first started this series, we talked about this same concept. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, look with me real quick. In verses 2 and 3, he says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing. What? What was he remembering without no interruption? You remember the Greek word ceasing means to not stop thinking about without intermission. Without intermission, he was thinking about their work of labor, their labor of love, their work of faith, I'm sorry, their labor of love, and their patience and hope. Now, again, Paul brings this thought back up. He says in verse 13 of chapter 2 For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. Why does he have this same thought? Why is he thanking God about something else that he wants to remember? Think about this. When the Thessalonians brethren, when the Thessalonian brethren received the words from Paul, they welcomed it not as words of men, but they welcomed it as the truth It literally was the words of God. See, it wasn't just his opinion. Paul wasn't just telling them something that sounded really cool. He is thankful because he knows that the word of God will change their life. And they accepted it. This is a scary and dangerous thought, brethren, that we have in the world Because some would say that Paul has no authority. And if we discredit Paul, you know what we do? We discredit 13 epistles in the New Testament. And then we have to say that Acts is out as well. Because it speaks of Paul and his ministry. So then the book of Luke is also out because Luke wrote Acts and Luke. Paul was so excited because he realized that these people didn't take what he was saying as just something from man. They actually took it as the word of God. There is a dangerous, dangerous thought that is running in this world. And, brethren, you better be aware of it and you better be prepared. Because if you don't say something to your kids, if we don't take this time to say, you know what, this thing right here is absolute truth, something's gonna be taught to them. Some doubts are gonna be put in their mind. Some things that are going to discredit this thing right here that we look at and call holy that is nothing more than an old book with played out verses. Things that don't even apply to our lives anymore. But think about that. If you don't believe Paul is inspired, then 13 books are out of the New Testament. Luke and Acts is out. And think about this, 2 Peter chapter 3, and we talked about this on the Wednesday night class last week. Think about what Peter says about Paul. He says, And consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them these things, in which are some, in which are some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction. And and catch the last part of this. Peter says, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Peter includes Paul's writings in the rest of the scriptures. So if Paul is included by Peter, then Peter's epistles are out as well. Brethren, when this train of thought starts, what's happening is we see the New Testament falling apart. Now think about whose scheme that is. Think about what's happening in our world today when our children are at school, when we're teaching at school, the things that the teachers cannot talk about, think about the things at work, think about all of the world and all of these situations that are coming about, you want to know what Satan's doing? He is laughing. He's loving it. Because the New Testament, the Word of God has now become watered down. Brethren, More than ever, we must make sure that we continue to teach that the Bible is the truth. To know that without a doubt, that the book we hold in our hands is the words of God, totally inspired. We as brethren, we need to know that. Our children need to know that. Oh, the advanced Bible reader, what a blessing for these children. Fountainhead kids, what a blessing for these children. I just talked about it in class and it breaks my heart. I heard this atheist guy speaking and he said that we should not teach our children the Bible. We should not teach them about Christianity because when we do that, it's a form of child abuse. Are you kidding me? Trying to push this concept of not even being able to teach your kids the Bible or it's a violation. Really? It's coming and it's coming hard and it's coming fast. Today, more than I ever have in my life. I want to encourage you to make it your aim to follow this as absolute truth. Brethren, we cannot let the world push us, God's family, in a corner. And I'm going to say this It sounds like I'm preaching about some fighting words. (laughs) You want to know what? I am. But not the way the world defines fighting. We fight the way the Lord tells us to. Am I right about it? He tells us how to fight and he tells us through his word. See, look at what Paul is doing in verse 11. He says, as you know, how we exhorted and we comforted and we charged every one of you. Here was Paul. What was he speaking? He was speaking the word of God. And how was he doing it? By exhortation. He was doing it by comfort. He was doing it by charging them. We as Christians understand this truth because we've seen it in our lives. Tell me if you haven't. When I didn't follow the Bible, when I did my own thing, my life was a total disaster. But when I started applying truth to my life, here I stand before you. Really? People in this audience have seen me before. It's not because I'm some glorious person. It's because I've followed this thing as truth. And here Paul is saying, brethren, look at verse 19. Let's just skip down there for just a minute. I'm going to get to it, but I want you to just feel this. Look at what Paul says. He says, for what is our hope? our joy our crown of rejoicing it is not even you in the is it not even you in the presence of our lord jesus christ at his coming for you are our glory and joy i'm so excited about what you're doing because you're obeying the truth Oh, I'm passionate about this. Oh, I'm emotional about this. Oh, I'm excited about this because, brethren, here's the deal Satan wants to take your kids, he wants to take your grandkids. You gonna let him? Are we gonna let him? Paul's reason for thankfulness towards the Thessalonians accepting his words as inspired by God was for this reason. He understood how God's word could literally change their lives, both physically and spiritually. You remember what it says at the end of that verse, brethren? Don't miss it. Verse 13. You remember he says... Uh, Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as as it is in truth, the word of God. And here it is, which also effectively works in you who believe. That word effectively works is the Greek word, which means to effect. I love this word and watch how awesome it is. It says to work for one. The Greek word means to work for one or to aid one. See, Paul's excitement, and it should be ours as well, is knowing that by following the words of God, it will aid us. Am I right? And watch this thought. It will work for us. God's word tells me to do this. And so then I do this. And what's the result? What happens when we do what the Word of God says? Doesn't it happen? <laughs> I mean, really? When I'm nice to somebody and I go hug them and I give them some love, they may not show me right at that moment, but what usually happens? Hey, man, I appreciate you coming, caring about me enough to say something to me, right? Doesn't that happen? Hey, I appreciate you forgiving me of that, man. I shouldn't have done it. I've blown that, and you just said, hey, I'll forgive you. As Christians, I want us to consider three things and the lesson will be yours. Just stay with me for just a second, brethren. Here's what I want to tell you one more time. Satan wants to take your family. Are we going to let him? He's sneaky. He sets traps. He wants to make you become complacent. You remember what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6? No wonder people want to discredit him. You remember what he says about putting on the full armor of God? If we don't put the full armor of God on, what happens to us? We may fall victim. The first thing that we must consider brethren is as a Christian we must treasure God's word. Amen? Think about what Psalms 119 14 says I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches is that you this morning have you come to grips with the thought that you can't do it on your own but God can And it only comes through his word that you're able to do it. What about this one? Psalm 119, 130. Brethren, this verse right here is a game changer. The word entrance right here, the Hebrew word for entrance right here means to unfold. Now watch the the verse. The unfolding of your words gives Light. And you want to know what I appreciate about it? It gives understanding to the simple. (laughs) I need that because I'm not that smart. I'm not that smart. But I don't care because God's Word gives understanding to the simple. If I unfold it, how do I unfold God's word? Isn't it kind of like this? When are we gonna decide that enough is enough and Satan don't get any more leeway in our families? Satan doesn't get any more leeway in our congregations. Satan don't get to control this. We do. Why do I get to control it? Because God is on my side. The unfolding of your words, it gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Think about what Job says in Job 23, 12. And we know the story of Job. Look at what he says. I have not departed from the commandment of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Wow. The commandments of his lips. As a Christian, we must treasure God's word. Is that us, brethren? Is that us today? What about this one? As Christians, we must understand this too, that God's word renews our spirits, doesn't it? You know, Romans chapter 12, verse two, I quote it just about every Sunday, but that's okay. I'm gonna do it again for your listening pleasure and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do I renew my mind? When I read God's word. You want to know why the world doesn't want to read God's word? Because it's going to hold them accountable. Am I right? They're going to have to fix the things that are wrong. The things that are against it. But when we follow what God says and we hold ourselves accountable to it, what do we do? We learn to hide God's word in our heart. Y'all remember this verse, I hide God's word in my heart that I might not what? Sin against you. If I'm not putting God's word in my heart, what am I leaving myself open to? Sinning. When we are renewing our minds, we are proving to people, to the world, what that good and acceptable and perfect will of God is. And what about this one? We put off, we've talked about this before, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, it's... it's. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more tonight. This concept of being holy is tonight's lesson. But this is really where it changes everything for a Christian. If you want to be holy, you can't just pursue uh, righteousness and not take off the old. Or you can't just take off the old and not pursue righteousness and expect to be what you're supposed to be. Am I right about it? I have to take off the old man and put on the new man. Well, how do I do that? By listening to what the world says is right? By justifying things and saying, you know what? Why in the world would you do that? Is that really that wrong? No, I'm renewed in the spirit of my mind that I put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. As a Christian, I must treasure God's word. I must hold it dear to my heart. And if I hold it dear to my heart, I'm going to hold it dear to my grandchildren's heart. I'm going to hold it dear to my children's heart. I'm going to hold it dear to my sister and my wife and my husband and my friend. Why did the church grow so much under heavy persecution? Because they knew what the truth was about it. Oh, I'm pouring my heart out. Oh, I'm pleading that there be an awakening for the king. That there'll be passion for the king. Brethren, people don't believe this. People don't want to follow this. I mean, I read that he had over a hundred this atheist had over a hundred things that he hated God for man. It- Paul was so excited because these Thessalonians took it as the word of God. And when they took it as the word of God, you remember what it says? It says, your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. God's word will renew our spirits if we'll let it. And the third thing is this. God's word always has a purpose. Am I right? You remember Isaiah fifty-five eleven? the Bible says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but how is it going to come back? It shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing which I sin it. You want to know what God did for me? He sent something out, a calling. It's called the gospel. You remember that gospel, brethren? That one that you heard? That one that you obeyed? That one that put you in the body of Christ? You remember that one? Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Lord. For blessing me. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us this, that the word of God is living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces even to the division of the soul and the spirit, brethren and of the joints and marrow. And here's the most awesome part about it. When I dig into God's word, here's what it does for me. It discerns the thoughts and the intents of the heart. If you do this, you'll be wicked. If you do this, you'll be foolish. If you do this, you'll be righteous. If you do this, you'll be pleasing to me. If you do this, you'll change people's lives. Brethren, this is the real deal right here. I'm never even... I've never even read a book like this. Have you? I've never even read a book that literally changed my life. How about you? Is that enough? Is that enough? Is that enough to take a stand and say, you know what, Satan? Not no more. You know what, Satan? It's over for you. You already lost this game. The rest of the chapter in chapter 2 talks about how the Thessalonians had become exactly what Paul knew that they could be. I want to quickly finish. Look at verse 14. It says, For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God, which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans. They were acting the same. Now, how did that happen? How did they act the same? Well, because they were following the words of God, amen? If they weren't following the words of God, then they would have been acting different. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and I looked at it just a minute ago. Verse 17 says, but we brethren have been taken away from you for a short time in the presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming for you are our glory and joy, Brethren, how happy will we be to know that because we followed exactly what the Bible teaches, that we will all be together one day rejoicing in heaven together. Can you believe that? One day, all the children of God right here, all the children of God in the world, will all be in one place rejoicing the king. Oh man. Is that enough? What will it take? Think about your life. What will it take for you to be motivated beyond measure? What will it take for you to be motivated to seek the kingdom first and his righteousness? And if you're doing it, amen. Brother, amen. Sister, keep on even more, even more. But think about this, the word of God is operative and productive, continually producing an effect in the lives of those who embrace it and obey it. That's big time. It is an operative and productive thing that continually produces an effect in your life as long as you embrace it and obey it brethren if we're not teaching our children in the homes you know what they're learning at school doubt for the bible it may not necessarily come from the teacher but it's coming from these other children oh bless their heart oh bless their heart you think about that wickedness of that silly doll momo and them kids right Wickedness is in this world, brethren, and you want to know what's happening, and when you want to know what's so sad about it. I talked to Derek yesterday about it. Children are making fun of this and playing the game, killing. Well, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. Really? That's what's fun. That's what's a joke. If we're not teaching our children, if we're not teaching our grandchildren, if we're not teaching each other, brethren, we're going to get taught by something. Is it Netflix? Is it Instagram? Or is it the Word of God? The Word. Paul was excited. Paul was overjoyed. Paul had his mind... Where it needed to be at, because he absolutely knew only the Word of God could make these people who they needed to be. Don't let the world fool you, brethren. God's Word is the Bible, and it gives us everything that we need, which pertains to life and godliness. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Michaela, it's our training manual, ain't it? Hey, brethren, tell each other that, will you? Will you tell your kids and your grandkids that? Will you tell your neighbors and your friends that God's Word saves? Hey, and when you do that, will you do something for me? Do it again. (laughs) And do it again. You want to know what I love about God in the beginning when he talked to the Israelites? In Deuteronomy chapter 6, he lays out these commandments and then here's what he says. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Brethren, Is God's commandments, is the law of Christ abiding in your heart. Jesus says, if you abide in me and I in you, you can do anything. But apart from me, you can do nothing. But he says, These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And here's what he says You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. I want to do better at that. How about you? I want to do better at that one. In my house, I'll admit it, I ain't scared. I want to be the best Christian ever. How about you? And I want to sit in my house and I want to talk about the Lord more. And when I walk by the way, I want to talk about him more. And when I lie down, I want to talk about him more and think about him more. And when I rise up, I want to say, Lord, thank you for another day that I can bring glory, and honor to your name. Because you, you alone are worthy to be praised. What will it take, brethren, for us to be an army for the Lord? Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Thank you and I appreciate the visitors here and I I appreciate you guys allowing me to pour my heart out for you. This ain't no game. This ain't no fake stuff. This is real as I can get because I'm tired of Satan always getting the advantage because he ain't that tight. Jesus reigns right now, brethren, and he's our king forever. Maybe you're here today and you're struggling. Maybe you're here today and you need prayers. Maybe you're here today and you need to become a child of God. Let me tell you something. You may not have an opportunity later. Now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Today you can have your sins washed away. You can be forgiven. You can be added to his body immediately. (laughs) Incredible stuff. And then you receive all spiritual blessings. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Peter told him on the day of Pentecost to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins and they'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be saved right now, Please, don't wait. Come as we stand and as we sing.